Hey, this is Joey Chavez, the SVP of Programming at TNT, and I'm the next guest on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Well, the mic is on, and we're all ready for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 474 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, Joey Chavez is going to be joining us, and he is the Senior Vice President of Original Programming at TNT. He's going to let us know what's going on over at TNT and find out about the new shows they've got coming our way. Get ready for a good show. Joey's going to be with us in a few minutes. And we also are going to be taking a look at November releases. Time is just flying by. October has swept through us. And here we are getting into November. And we're going to let you know what's coming your way as far as remakes, new movies, and, of course, sequels that are coming your way in theaters this month. So, what do you say? Let's get ready. It's time for Remake Madness to find out what's coming your way as far as remakes in theaters in November. Remake Madness coming your way in November. It looks like November 10th, the remake of Murder on the Orient Express will be riding into theaters, and it's going to be having an all-star cast, so get ready for that. And on November 17th, The Star retells the first Christmas in an animated film about a brave donkey and his friends. And that's it for Remake Madness. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as new movies? New movies coming your way in November. It looks like Wonder with Julia Roberts will be arriving on November 17th. And Coco on November 22nd tells the story of a boy who wants to be a musician. And The Man Who Invented Christmas with Dan Stevens tells the story of the creation of Ebenezer Scrooge and his company. And that's it for new movies coming our way in November in theaters. Next on On Screen and Beyond, we're going to take you down to Sequel City, and we'll find out what's coming your way as far as sequels in theaters in November, right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Sequel City, well, it looks like the bad moms are coming back. November 1st, the a Bad Mom's Christmas continues the story of the crazy ladies. And Thor Ragnarok slams into theaters on November 3rd. And it looks like Daddy's Home 2 with Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg comes our way on November 10th. And on November 17th, Justice League will be flying into theaters. And that's it for sequels coming your way in November in theaters. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD coming your way in November, November 7th. American Dad, Volume 12. The Crown, Season 1. 
Family Guy Season 15, and Westworld Season 1. November 14th, you can look for 24 Legacy Season 1. CSI Miami, the complete series. Dukes of Hazards, the complete series. And Preacher Season 2. November 21st, CSI, the complete series. The Incredible Hulk, the complete series. And Librarians Season 3. November 28th, look for Gilmore Girls, A Year in the Life, Season 1. That's it for TV on DVD. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD in November? Movies on DVD coming your way in November. November 7th, Cars 3 and The Glass Castle will be coming our way. November 14th, Atomic Blonde and Wind River and The Nut Job 2. And November 21st, you can look for The Hitman's Bodyguard, Valerian, The City of a Thousand Planets, and Leap. November 28th, Lucky Logan will be heading our way. That's it for Movies on DVD coming our way in November. Next on On Screen and Beyond, it's Celebrity Birthdays. We baked you a birthday cake. If you get a tummy ache and you moan and groan and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy birthday! (laughs) Celebrity Birthdays, well, it looks like on October 30th, Henry Winkler will be turning 72. October 31st, Vanilla Ice turns 50 and Rob Schneider turns 54. November 1st, Jenny McCarthy turns 45. November 2nd, David Schwimmer turns 51. On November 3rd, singer Lulu turns 69. And on November 4th, Loretta Swift, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 80. And also on November 4th, Marky Post, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 67. And on November 5th, Tatum O'Neill turns 54. And that's it for Celebrity Birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, we didn't have any coming our way this week. But if you, a friend or a relative, are going to be having a birthday and want to celebrate it with everybody here at On Screen and Beyond all over the world, send it to us at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. Give us all the information, birthday, where you're coming from, and the person having the birthday. And all the people all over the world listening to On Screen and Beyond will celebrate your happy birthday for you. And uh, that's it. That's it for Celebrity and Listener Birthdays. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Joey Chavez is going to be joining us. Joey is the Senior Vice President of Original Programming at TNT. He's going to be joining us to talk about what's coming your way as far as TNT programming. It's going to be a fun show. Joey Chavez is next right here on On Screen and Beyond. Today on On Screen and Beyond, our guest is the Senior Vice President of Original Programming at TNT. He has worked on developing many shows, including Claws and the upcoming The Alienist, which premieres January 22nd on TNT, as well as The Blacklist, Parenthood, Revolution, Heroes, and many, many more when he worked for another network. It's Joey Chavez. Joey, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, Joey, a couple weeks ago there when we were having lunch and uh, yeah. I, I, you were talking about the new shows that are going on at TNT, I thought it would be a great show to have for our listeners. And uh, the stories you were telling were very interesting, and it sounds like things are really hopping over at TNT. 
We're shaking it up over here. I, uh, I've been here for about two and a half years, and ever since I've started, part of the goal was to take you know the kinds of programs that you see on HBO, Netflix, Showtime, all those kinds of places, and really take TNT into the next phase, the next chapter. Um, TNT's been very successful in the past with shows like The Closer and Rizzoli and Isles, and, but things also that were a little bit more familiar and uh, procedural, kind of straight down the middle. And considering how TV has really evolved over the past several years. Um, the goal is to really kind of find TNT as a destination to find very premium, elevated, cinematic programming that really, you know, pushes genre, pushes scope, and tries things with, um, you know, complex characters and uh, and, and storytelling that, that you want to find and engage in uh, ongoing. That's just how people watch TV now. They want to sort of, you know, sit down and watch it and read it like a book, basically. It's not a casual laundry-folding TV that, you know, they used to make uh, funny adages about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I have to start off with telling you that I got hooked on claws. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. It's a wild show. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, Claws is exactly the kind of thing that, you know, it, for for us, it, it's it's a risk because it's not your cookie-cutter, you know, solving a crime kind of show. It's, it's a wild, Florida, irreverent kind of, you know, female-forward story that is comedic and dramatic and violent and, you know, heartfelt all in the same hour. And it's been, you know, truly one of the most pleasurable personal experiences as an executive that I could have. You know, one of the fun parts of my job is that you get to work on all different kinds of things. But generally, that's because you have, you know, five, six different shows you're working on at the same time. This feels like five or six shows within one because <laughs> yes. you get to do so many different tones that, you know, you have the Dixie Mafia and the crime ring in Florida on one hand, and then you have this woman running a nail salon and all her girlfriends, you know, working together in almost a nine-to-five kind of Steel Magnolias way. And then you have crazy dance sequences that totally, you know, stretch imagination. And it feels like all those things working together create this really unique tone that for us has just been such a pleasure and delight to work on and uh, and always kind of unpredictable even when you get the scripts you you never know what you're what you're going to get yeah and and um i'm trying to think of what the name what they call it was it Uncle Daddy or... Uh, oh, Uncle Daddy. Yeah, that's right. Well, that's <laughs> exactly the kind of thing that, you know, only our creators, Elliot Lawrence and Janine sherman Berois, can think of where it's like, of course, it's a guy who raised, you know, his nephews as his own sons. And he himself is, is a, a devout religious man, but who also has a wife and a young boyfriend. Like he, he is a mixture of contradictions. He is violent, but he's also a teddy bear. He is... You know, just this wild creature played, you know, by Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. And so he really revels in the fact that this character is unique and, and crazy. But, uh, you know, that even just that name, Uncle Daddy, because he's their <laughs> uncle, but he's also kind of their daddy. Like, it makes sense once you explain it, but when you watch it, you're like, this is wild. <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, it's such, it's, I mean, he's played the bad guy before in, in movies yeah. and, and TV shows and things like that. But, I mean, this one just, it, it's not just... The bad guy, it's just so full circle. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, with the fact that he in the second episode gets an opportunity to sing a cappella, Ave Maria, a hymn, and, and it goes on for a while. At first, you think, okay, it's a funny joke, and it is a funny joke, but then it keeps going, and then it kind of becomes heartfelt and moving it's like that's mm-hmm. the that's the spirit of the show where it's just always unpredictable you think you're going to get one thing then it starts evolving and 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 it takes you in a direction you don't expect 
Now, now, uh, after looking through my list of people I've had who actually are on TNT shows, uh, we've had uh, Tony Dennison and Karen Giovanni from Major yeah. Crimes. We've had uh, Judy Reyes from uh, Claws. Yeah. Uh, we also had, uh, uh, he wasn't a regular on the show, but he was for a couple of shows, uh, Al Cornell from The Last Ship. And uh, it's, I was surprised that we had so many of your your show people on our on our show to talk about their shows, and um, it's it, it, before we go too much further because uh, you know I, one thing I do want people if when Claus comes back on watch it because there is <laughs> they're gonna love it and it, you know go back yeah. and, and watch the ones that have already played now are those on. Uh, uh, I know they're on uh, what TMTDrama.com or something like that. Yeah, we have an app. Um, so if anyone has, you know, Apple TV or um, access to TNT on demand, all the episodes are up, and you can catch up. And you know, we're about to start our second season. The writers just came in this past week and gave us all these juicy tidbits about what they have in store, which is just going to be, you know, tremendous and and unpredictable as the first season is. But um, we're going to be back on uh, for season two uh, on air in. The summer of uh, 2018, and so you, you can spend the next few, uh, you know, weeks and months uh, over the holidays catching up on the first ten episodes from the first season. And the TNT app is kind of a great place to do it because you have them all there, and you can check out, you know, all of our other shows. But to your point about cast and other people you've had on the show, you know, our, our cast on all of our shows are so fantastic, and especially Claws. You know, they shoot that show in New Orleans and um, really give it their all. And Judy Reyes has. A real arc over over the the course of the season. She started out, you know, as a character named Quiet Anne, who doesn't say a whole lot. She kind of says words are BS at a certain point, and uh, over the course of it, you really see her kind of come out of her shell and starting to express herself. So uh, we love our cast, and uh, and that's another another reason to check it out while uh, while you can. Yeah, Judy, uh, uh, she's you know done so many different roles. This one was a lot yeah. different than than her other roles she's done, and it's like you know you, you don't want to mess with her. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. She's carrying a baseball bat most of the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know. And after seeing her on Scrubs, where she's just a very different right. character, very you know, and and one who is you know very vocally expressive, to then see this woman now play this role where she she only says what she means and she says it in very short order, but she's also muscle and she you know will. Kick your butt if she needs to. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and and the car scenes, <laughs> it oh, just yeah. goes on and well, on. There's that too. Yeah. <laughs> great. So yeah, people should definitely uh, watch that. But before we go too much further here, tell our audience what a senior vice president of original programming does. It you know for any network. <laughs> Yeah, I guess I I forget that that's kind of a strange job for for people to understand, but it's one that I love. You know, uh, it was it was when I went to film school, I had no idea this job existed, but it became very clearly as I you know kind of get getting out in the workforce, um, started seeing what was out there. It was the perfect combination of being able to work with writers, directors, scripts, all those things that I could have dreamt of. And so, um, what I do in my role is I you know am from the beginning involved in the pitch process and, you know, working on the early, early versions of show ideas. So people come and they'll sit in my office and they'll, you know, sit on the couch and we'll sit for an hour and talk about a show idea that somebody has and they'll pitch it out and, you know, they'll have the first episode thought out, maybe some ideas about what they want to talk about for the rest of the season. And generally we either, you know, buy it and go forward and say, okay, let's go to the next step or it doesn't work for us. And so we have to kind of, you know, part our ways. But, you know, with the way this world 
world works and how small this industry is, they're usually back the next year with another idea. So with the writers and the collaborators that you really want to work with, you're always trying to zero in on, on good partners. And um, when you find that magic and someone comes in your office and just tells you a story like, like anyone would by a campfire, that, that's the fun of the job is I get to be there from the ground floor. I'm, I'm the, the first audience member, right? I'm mm-hmm. the first person who hears about an idea. And then I get to work with that creator to say, okay, let's keep going. Let's flesh that out. And we'll, you know, if we buy a script, we develop that script. Then we are able to, if that script comes in great, go to production. We should the pilot, we hire, you know, along with the creators, we hire the director, we hire the costume designer, every department head. So you're involved in that. Then I'll go to set and visit everybody there and make sure that that little campfire conversation we had um, preserves the soul and, and the integrity of what that idea was. Because, you know, by the time you get on a set, there's hundreds of people involved and some of them had just been hired weeks before. And so it's, it's part of your job. The central part of my job is not just to work with writers and creators and directors, but to really protect this baby that, you know, started being talked about when someone just first comes in with an idea. And you see that all the way through. You see it through, you know, when it goes to series, when it gets picked up for season two, like I just talked about Claws. And you take care of those babies and raise them till they're, uh, you know, adults and ready to go off on their own, basically. But that's, that's the role of uh, an executive in my, in my job. And um, as the SVP over here at TNT, we have a, a team of about, you know, seven or eight people who all work with shows on me and and, uh, and my boss who runs TNT, and we try to, you know, go for the best shows possible, the most interesting and unique ideas, and uh, and take care of them and shepherd them. Well, you've definitely nailed a couple of good ones to stay here. <laughs> thank you, thank you. And uh, now, so you're involved not just with the beginnings, then you're involved into the, the as the show is being actually filmed and everything? Oh, yeah. You know, there's some places, um, you know, my previous job when I was at NBC, you know, there's some places where you just kind of do one portion. Um, generally, how you would divide it is there's studio people, there's network people, there's current people, there's development people. Development people start ideas from the beginning. Current people kind of take shows on, you know, once they've already been picked up to series. Um, and uh, and then studio people really start from the very early beginning, and network people kind of buy things once they've all been formed. On a lot of things, I'm all four of those. So I'm there from the very early stages all the way through. So I just keep, you know, I'm like this train that's going down the tracks and uh, along the way over the course of the years, I just keep picking up more passengers and more shows. Mm-hmm. Eventually I'll run out of time because <laughs> I won't be able to give everyone my attention, but that's the fun of it is right now, today, I'm working on, you know, finalizing 10 episodes of the show you mentioned, The Alienist. That's what we're working on right now. But I also just watched this morning the first episode, the pilot of a brand new show that I'm working on and that's the fun is you get to kind of do things um, that are brand new but you also get to live with and the relationships and the and the projects that you've been working on for years and see them through to their natural end mm-hmm. yeah when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping Kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over $600 each week you can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time Kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply so give us an idea about Alienist. It starts on January 22nd. 
Starts on January 22nd. We just put the trailer out this week. Um, it's a huge, um, sprawling period piece, uh, turn of the century New York, but it's not really your grandmother or grandfather's period piece. It's got, you know, action and suspense and thrills. It's about a, you know, the beginning of forensic science being applied to trying to catch a serial killer, essentially. The, the word alienist, um, and to be clear, there are no aliens in this show. <laughs> People have asked alien- me that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting because once you learn what it is, it makes a lot of sense. But, you know, this book that Caleb Carr wrote, um, uh, you know, 20 something years ago um, was about an alienist, which is a term for an early psychologist before we had even the phrases and the words and, and Freud and everything to sort of talk about modern day psychology like we do. Because, um, you know, these days we all, we're all CSI experts. We've watched all these shows between criminal minds and without a trace and law and order. We all think we know how to solve crimes and that it's, a, it's about the psychology of the people involved and motive and all those things, right? We're, we're very savvy as an audience. Um, but this this scales it all the way back to the beginning. This is back when psychologists who were called alienists had to understand that all these people who were thought to be, quote-unquote, alien to society were not just outcasts. They weren't just, you know, damaged individuals. A lot of people who were not understood at the time, especially in the early years of, you know, the turn of the, turn of the century New York and, and the melting pot of, of New York City, that uh, people who were thought of as different were just sort of thought of as crazy. And people were put in asylums left and right, whether they were, you know, really just people with problems or they were homosexual or they were, you know, a woman who, who, you know, was interested in sexuality, even like things like that, people would just assume, well, you must be nuts mm-hmm. and like throw you in the, in, in, in the loony bin. Yeah. And so it's the alienist, our lead character, who for the first time in our story is raising his hand when these uh, brutal serial killer murders happen. To, to say, you know what, I don't think this is just about survival. I don't think this is just crime of passion. This is about the mind of a killer. This is some, something's going on in the psychological makeup of this person committing these atrocious acts, and we have to figure out what drives them and what makes their wheels turn in order to stop him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that this is set in New York, and yeah. while we were having lunch, yeah. You told me that the story behind the scenes, let our audience know about the, the real story about, about the alienist, where it's filmed and all that. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, it is the biggest production I've ever seen, but it's shot in Budapest in Hungary. And part of the reason is, you know, to, to go back that far into that deep a period. And we, we didn't want to do a show where, you know, you're shooting on a back lot and you only have one corner to, you know, have your actors walk back and forth from. We wanted to have an experience where you watch this show and you feel like like you're, you know, immersive in a city that you can go, you know, on different floors, different buildings from the slums to the upper crust, you know, areas of town. And so we basically had to find a place in the world. I mean the world. We looked all over. We looked in Canada. We looked in, you know, New York itself we even considered. But, um, you know, it was impossible to recreate to the extent that we wanted to the, the depth and the complexity of that time period. And so we found stages in Budapest where there was enough space and enough stages space to build out a huge portion. It's almost as big as, you know, the New York lots as um, on, you know, the Warner's lot, the Sony lot. 
my my office building is uh, right over the Warner Brothers lot, and I can see from one of our windows, uh, you know, the whole backlight. You can kind of see like the little western area mm-hmm. and the little yep. town area, and you can see the New York area. Our Budapest sets are bigger than all of that. It is wow. a whole little grid, mini grid, where you have an above ground train and the Bowery. We have you know uptown where it's very fancy and and beautiful. Then you have you know the sort of downtown slums area where people were living you know twelve to a room, and so you really get a full sense of what New York City was at the time. When I first visited set early, early on, when it was just in the planning stages, you just saw wood to the sky, basically, just all this wood. And then I went back when they were in the height of shooting, and all of it dressed horse carriages in the streets, mud on the ground, cobblestones that they flew in to you know, be on the ground. Like, all those details were just Jeez. stunning and beautiful. It's going to make the difference, I think. Yeah, yeah well, I've seen some of the, the commercials and uh, seen some of those, you know, like the slum areas of New York that, that you're talking about. And yeah. uh, it, it the, the cinematography for that is just incredible. I mean, it, you feel like you're there. Yeah, yeah. I felt like I was there when I was in person. I'm sure. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. So, so this is this is a very big and expensive production. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It's one that we, you know, really believe in and one that I think you had to put your money where your mouth is because it's about experience. You know, it's, it's, it's a really gripping story, but when you read the book, and, you know, I really experienced this, you know, revisiting it, you know, three years ago when we first started this uh, project. It was the first thing, the first major thing that we bought when I started this job, and we knew we wanted to go in a new direction and really elevate what we were trying to do here at TNT. Um, when you read the book, you just feel like you're in the world. You feel like you can smell it, taste it, see all of what it must, must have been like to live at that time because, you know, you see period pieces and sometimes they're so beautiful that it just feels like a picture. It feels unreal, you know, and it feels very clean and polite. Here in the book and in the show, it's gritty. That life was hard back then and you get that sense in reading the book and watching the show that, you know, it was uh, a dog-eat-dog time where, you know, people were living in in tough conditions or they were living in gilded, beautiful, you know, huge uh, homes and ballrooms and going to the opera. And so you kind of needed to feel that. If you you cheaped out on that, you wouldn't really be selling what I think is one of the most special parts of the, the story. Right, yeah. Jeez. So what other things are coming back uh, on TNT? Is The Last Ship coming back for another season? Uh, you know, it has one more season coming up, and then we have uh, Good Behavior just started this past Sunday, its second season. Mm-hmm. Good Behavior stars Michelle Dockery from Downton Abbey, and it's about a you know a, a woman in in the South basically trying to put, keep her, her life together, put her life back together. She um, she had been really struggling with um, you know having gotten out of prison and struggling with alcohol and drugs, and she got her um, you know custody of her son back over the course of the first season, but now she's trying to keep this kind of quasi uh, uh, family together, um, and 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 that sounds like it could be a very sad story, but it really ends up being kind of a, a hopeful David O. Russell type tone. It's her and 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 the contract killer basically on the road like Bonnie and Clyde, trying to make some kind of life for themselves because they're screw ups. And once they finally kind of accepted the fact that they're screw ups, 
a lot started making a lot more sense and became easier to them. So it's a wild show that's funny, it's dark, it's twisted, but it's all about this woman trying to make her, her life work and not apologizing for it. Mm-hmm. So that just started up again this past Sunday. So that's something that you can watch on TNT right now. Um, we also have Animal Kingdom Season 3 being worked on right now. That'll be next summer um, as well, along with Claws. And the second season just wrapped uh, earlier this summer and was a fantastic 13 episodes, Wild Ride with the Cody family. And the show is, for those of uh, you know, the listeners who don't know about it, is a show about a family in Oceanside, California, beach kind of area, where they're basically a crime family. But with this crime family, Ellen Barkin plays a matriarch who's basically our Tony Soprano. She she controls and pulls all the strings for her wild brood of boys uh, as they commit crimes and kind of you know wrestle over control of the of the family operation. So those are a few things that are coming back, and then we have some brand new things that are just being made right now. Like we're adapting a, a, a show based on the film Snowpiercer that came out a couple years ago. Um, we have a, sh- a show that's about to go into production called One Day She'll Darken with Patty Jenkins, who directed Wonder Woman. She's directing that, and it's going to star Chris Pine. Wow. Um, and uh, a few other things down the pike, but that's uh, that's a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would say so. It's, it sounds like uh, everybody should be turning into uh, TNT and, and see what's going on. Librarians are coming back on, correct? Yep, it yeah. is. Yeah, major I crimes. hope so. <laughs> Yeah, I hope everyone comes and watches. We're we're definitely trying to give uh, a lot to the audience to take a look at and try different things. Yeah. Well, Joey, I'd like to finish up with uh, two final questions. Great. And uh, for somebody who, who is watching TV all day long, probably, <laughs> or of course yeah. you have meetings and everything, but when you sit back and relax... What are your favorite TV shows? What are you watching? Besides, don't, <laughs> you know, don't, don't tell me <laughs> TNT. <laughs> no, no. I, you know what's funny is because I work in drama all day, and, and especially you know some shows get pretty dark. You're dealing with serial killers and right. uh, people trying to make sense of their lives. I actually love watching comedy. It, it's it's a nice break from what I'm normally doing. So. I have to say, there's things like you know John Oliver on HBO or Veep on you know or mm-hmm. um, Schitt's Creek is a is a favorite. Like just <laughs> things that are just funny and make you smile and kind of get you away from your normal life. I love dramatic storytelling. I'm watching you know Mindhunter on Netflix right now. There's all kinds of other things I like to watch, American Horror Story, things like that. But the thing that's really been getting me through this past year is just comedy. I've loved things that are very clever and smart. I'll watch any rerun of Thirty Rock or Friends anytime. Yeah. Those are the things that are my not so guilty pleasure, but you know that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what I like to get, yeah. get get away from the world from. What about movies? What are your favorite movies now and over the past? I'm a big classic film fan. I you know I went to film school. I started as a film student. I still feel like I'm kind of a film student just out there in the world. And and my favorite are you know films from the 70s and and before. I think they're you know my my tr- holy trinity. It, the directors that I love the most more than anything are Billy Wilder. Woody Allen and Mike Nichols. Any films that those guys have done are generally the things that make me happy. And so, all on the weekend, pop in. You know, whether it's Annie Hall or uh, or The Graduate or uh, you know things like that. That that that's kind of you know uh, one two three or The Apartment from Billy Wilder. Th- those are some of my favorite types of movies. And you know, the thing they managed to do is do things that were commercial, but also made you think, made you laugh and and cry all all, all at the same time. That's kind of become the thing that I, I love the most, and then. I think is uh, the hardest to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Joey, I can't thank you enough for joining us and, and sharing with what's going on at TNT. And uh, I hope some, you know, in the future we can have you back again to talk about uh, some new stuff coming up in the future. 
That'd be great. I would love it. Thank you for having me. A big shout-out going to Joey Chavez for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of fun talking with him and a lot of interesting stuff they got coming away. A lot of great stuff. So be sure to check it out. And like I said, in uh, the interview, Claws. If you haven't seen that show, watch it. It's a great show. And I'm sure uh, The Alienist is going to be good and all the other stuff they got coming your way. So be sure to check it out on TNT. Well, that's it. And uh, we've got more guests coming your way right here on On Screen and Beyond in the coming weeks. And... Uh, this time of year, it always gets harder to get guests because, you know, the holidays and everything. But we're going to see what we can do about keeping things going. And if you have a suggestion for a guest, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we'll see what we can do about getting that person on for you. Well, that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zumrak. Take care. <laughs>